You're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier, one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. Today I am interviewing someone who is an absolute shining example of creating a brilliant business to make a change in mum's lives. You're going to hear from the brilliant Zalma Tolly. Zalma is a social worker, mum of two, has won multiple awards for the work she does as the founder of the Postnatal Project. She's got online courses, ebooks, consults privately, and is literally out there as an ambassador for maternal mental health and her work with new mums is amazing. I feel so honored to be chatting with this amazing, amazing human. Welcome, Zalma, and thank you again so much for taking time out of your hectic schedule to chat with me today. Thank you. That's an amazing, glowing like, introduction. <laughs> thank you. I know I'm one of like your biggest fans on Instagram, so I follow everything you do. So I'm just like all girl, um, fangirling over here. Okay, so oh. first, <laughs> first things first, can you please give our listeners an idea on what you do over at the Postnatal Project? Sure. So the Postnatal Project, it's a platform. Uh, I like to provide education and advocacy for parents experiencing postnatal depression, but it's actually more than that because we all struggle. So I aim to uh, support parents who they might be struggling to find the right support, so pointing them in the right direction because mainstream services don't always offer a conscious or holistic approach. And it's going to be really disheartening for parents. So I offer ebooks and online programs, and those are things that can be accessed at home while they're waiting for support or not necessarily needing that professional support, but just enough to sort of get them back on their feet, um, something that will give them um, a helping hand. And these are created with evidence-based practice in mind. I use my background as a social worker, but I also wear a different hat. Uh, I'm a mother of two and a survivor of postnatal depression and birth trauma. So it's a resource that I'm proud to offer with such a varied approach. Um, and I'm not on my high horse. I'm actually right there with you. I have my hard days still, so I empathise with all parents. I write a lot. So I usually post daily to Facebook and Instagram and I don't have a filter. It all just comes out and I don't plan ahead or write ahead of time. So I think that's why that resonates so well with, um, with parents. I do find, like I do, as I mentioned, I do follow what you post and things. And it is, everything you write always feels so genuine and from the heart. And it actually, it feels like we can almost see how your day is going. So I always feel that it makes me feel so normal um, when I read things that you say. And it's funny that you mentioned the more holistic approach as well when there are, is issues with birth trauma or postnatal depression. Because I did an interview a couple of episodes ago with an amazing lady. And one of the biggest things that she said she wishes people did was when she first put her hand out with postnatal depression, she wasn't just given medication and sent away. She was actually the whole, you know, there was more offered and there was more techniques and, you know, more ways of dealing with it. So, oh, I love this so much. What you're doing is just so needed and it's just such an amazing service for myself as well as listeners. I really want to drill down on some of the key issues that you find mothers have postnatally that you find you're working with on, them on? There's probably lots, but could you think of some of the real key things? Yeah, not feeling adequately supported. 
and that can be at home. A lot of um, parents that get in touch with me, mothers mostly, um, their partners aren't really around. They either work FIFO or just um, aren't, don't really have that that same insight into the day-to-day struggles of either a stay-at-home parent or a working mum that often carry a lot of the mental load and a lot of the practical stuff to do with the children. Uh, we don't have a village anymore, so it can feel like, yeah, parents are really on their own and that's really tricky. I also support a lot of parents who feel like they don't fit in if they parent somewhat differently to mainstream practices. They might seek support from their GP or a friend and the solutions that they're given are often something that sort of goes against their gut and their heart and that can be really tricky. It can feel like you can't ask for help anymore if the advice that you're given just hurts, you know, so that's really tricky. I like to really validate um, people's stories. People are told things like a healthy baby is all that matters or their experience is really downplayed because they're raising children in a developed country, you know, that sort of thing. Um, trauma is trauma and trauma is subjective so your experience is really unique to you and everyone is deserving of support so yeah it's quite individual the things that I work with people it's hard to hard to pinpoint but yeah it's really interesting a comment you made there is something that I I mean I had probably hadn't put enough time into thinking about was exactly what you mentioned when people put their hand up for help and the advice given is against how they've chosen to parent because it might be different to mainstream and so forth that would absolutely, like you say, make people potentially withdraw from asking for help because they, the advice they're potentially going to get won't be what they're going to be able to do or feel comfortable doing. So that is something I've, I've probably not thought about too much. So that's, then that would be massive for people when they've chosen, you know, how you parent is completely up to you. So when they feel judged or when they feel that they're not getting the support they need, that's just a whole nother form that can cause different kinds of depression and anxiety and that feeling of being alone that's yeah hadn't thought about that I'm so glad I'm so glad to talk to you even more now Um, so with regards to advice that you give mums I know you're probably giving advice on all different things and helping them with all different facets of what they're going to come to you with one thing that I want to ask you with regards to that all-consuming newborn phase all its glory all its struggles What's something that you wish that new mums knew before they had their babies? This is a tricky one because I'm actually going to go against the grain and say that I don't think they should know anything. Like I feel like we try to fill up on information and this actually leads to expectations that are often unrealistic. We read all the books and we consume all the information from friends and family and I think it ends up being quite tricky for people. You can't know anything until you're walking that path. But I guess I wish people knew that what you're about to experience in motherhood is going to take guts, it's going to take strength and listening to your inner voice is really important and this can actually take practice. So I feel like anything can be done in motherhood if we keep listening to our gut. If that's all that we focus on and um, ditch the sleep schedules and the feeding schedules and what your friends are doing, you can't really go wrong, honestly. That's such a good point too. I know that a lot of people get really overwhelmed in pregnancy thinking they need to find out everything and potentially they're focusing on things that once you have that baby won't even matter. Um, once mm-hmm. you have that baby, it, will be, it won't work for you or it won't be what you feel like you want to do. And it's about feeling empowered to also know when you do have questions where to go and where to get support from, 
to make the decisions because at the end of the day, it's, you're the mum, it's your baby. What you choose to do is totally up to you. You are right in the fact that we do, we are in a society where mums are surrounded by the ability to get information. Are they getting the right information? Are they accessing too much that makes them feel even more anxious? It's a really interesting dynamic in this world of social media and Google and, you know, things that we live in as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. So where, this is going to be a bit of an open-ended question and you're probably going to have so many things you want to say. Where do you think we're potentially going wrong as a society in supporting our new mums and which in turn supporting their maternal mental health? Well, it's like what I mentioned before. We don't have a village anymore. So people, they think the village is having family who live nearby or friends who pop in once a fortnight or something like that. But a village is actually constant, consistent and easy support. Uh, We were never designed to parent like this. So it's actually no wonder we're seeing really high rates of postnatal depression and anxiety and parents who are just struggling in general without a diagnosis. I think we can all say we've all had a hard day and we all wish we had more help. Um, So that's quite universal. But we assume that if we don't hear from mothers that they're actually just doing fine, but it couldn't be further from the truth most of the time. So I think where we're going wrong, there's just so much shame and stigma in seeking support, and that's what I'm really trying to break down. Like I hope we can keep saying it's okay to ask for help. You need to ask for help, and it'll get heard. And that's you're so you're so true. People, when you're a mum, a lot of I mean, obviously there's some people that they do put their hand up straight away and they identify, and that is awesome. But there is also a whole lot of women that feel like they're failing as a mother, or their role is to not their role is to be happy, to have a baby. Some of these mums potentially have gone through IVF or fertility treatment or longed for a baby for years. So to have a baby and then feel overwhelmed and get depression and anxiety and so forth, they would, they're potentially sitting there, people listening even, with so much shame and putting their hand up because they feel that they should be grateful or they shouldn't want to ask for help. I'm such a massive advocate like yourself with people being able to put their hand up and also not only mums being able to put their hand up, but family members and partners and people around them actually advocating for them when they can see that something's going on and potentially mum hasn't put her hand up yet, but being able to have the knowledge as a support person to say, it's okay, but I don't think you're okay. You know, what can we do? How can I support you? What's the next step? Because I think that that doesn't happen enough as well. I had a, um, I was doing some research a couple of episodes ago with regards to postnatal depression, and I'm not sure if you heard it, but one of the things I found amazing when I was researching was there was a study done overseas, and it asked fathers what their perception was, and all of the fathers studied said they wish they'd had antenatal information about postnatal depression, so they knew what to look out for, and they knew what to do if they saw the signs, and it was like all of them said that, and I think that's something that potentially we're missing because as midwives Mm -hmm. and in the antenatal space, we're educating mums, still probably not as much as we should, but we're educating mums, we're saying something about it, but are we actually saying your partner needs to be here or when we sit in your home and come and see you, we need to talk to your partner or your support person because they Mm -hmm. need to be just as onto it about this because they will spot it first potentially before you even put your hand up. And the thing with that as well is it's actually so hard to support someone with any mental illness, but especially postnatal depression, because the mother who's experiencing it has all these things that she needs to actually be doing. And it's hard to do when you're well, let alone when you're unwell. Oh, absolutely. So we actually 
Yeah, we need to, it's so tricky. We don't want to scare parents. And I think that's where the antenatal information about postnatal depression and anxiety and even psychosis falls short. We're not wanting to scare people, but we are needing to find that balance between having enough information and enough support so that if something happens, they actually have somewhere to go. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's, we need to be not selling it, but that's not what I'm looking for. We need to be educating and explaining it in a way that it's not a, this is a scary diagnosis that you may encounter once you've had your baby. It needs to be sold in a way of, this is one of the, you know, things that may happen postnatally and this is normal and this is how to spot it and these are all the support networks in place and almost normalising, well, it needs to be normalised. If you need help, it's okay, you can ask for it. But I do know what you mean. There's this fine line between these are all the things that might happen to you postnatally, which scares people completely mm-hmm. versus promoting it in a way that it's something that may happen and this is the, these are the support ways you can reach out and that's okay. And that line between making sure everyone educates it that way will also go f- towards reducing that stigma as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we could talk about this all day long because I'm so, <laughs> it's like my mission for the year was to try and not only help new mums postnatally, but especially when it comes to that maternal mental health, it's just such a massive gap and I think it's just so important. I, in my postnatal depression episode a few times ago, I got quite teary. I was like, why is suicide still one of the leading forms of maternal death? This is not okay. Um, it yeah. just is just, yeah, it just is awful. I, Yes. So let me stop before I get on my little um, emotional tangent again. So taking it back to the postnatal project, I want to know what is next? What is your plan basically, I don't know, for the next 12 months as far as like courses or online support or services that you're going to be offering? Well, I'm always writing. Some of this doesn't make it to light, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. In my process. Um, but um, yeah, well, I have the online program that's available for intake every few months. Uh, my ebooks are available 24 7. I've been asked a lot about email consults lately, which I did used to do. Um, so, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see on that one. <laughs> I'm still tossing up. But in April, I'm organising an exhibition as part of the Salt Festival in Port Lincoln. Um, so that's local to me. But I'll see how much of it I can broadcast via social media so everyone can get a look in. It will be called The Salty Mamas, and this will be showcasing raw postpartum and mama artists. So I just want to basically showcase, like, look at what we can do despite being really oppressed within society. We can create art out of it and we can create magic out of motherhood. So that'll be really exciting because I'm actually a really creative person. So writing is part of this, but being able to create an exhibition and bring lots of art together in one space as well as reducing stigma and increasing education around postnatal depression and wellness is really important. So, yeah, that's what's next. Oh, that's a busy little plan for the next 12 months. And that, again, yeah. goes alongside normal day-to-day life as being mum and being, you know, support person and friend and daughter and wife and, you know, so all of those other things also have to fit in there. So that's a pretty it busy 12 months. <laughs> you are such a gem. I mean, what an absolute difference you're making in the field of maternal mental health and the support for that. As I've said and as we've talked about, it's just such an issue and it needs you and what you offer and I am just again amazed by everything that you're doing and I think everyone needs to be on board and following what you're doing because even just reading your Instagram posts you know that you post up 
it's just reassuring. It's reality. It's normal. It's just makes you feel like, yep, I'm totally not alone. This is common. And that's so important. Um, congratulations on such an amazing service that you're offering. There needs to be more of you or you, need, you don't want to spread yourself too thin, but the world needs more of what you can offer. To wrap this up, because otherwise we'll be here forever and I'm definitely going to have you on again in the future. So this is not the last you will hear of me and Zelma talking. As I do with all my guests on my show, I want to ask you your top three tips for navigating your way through the motherhood journey. All righty. Follow your gut. This is my biggest one and the one I think is the most important because I feel like the rest just falls into place when you do this. Yeah. Ask for help, which we've already discussed, but I just want to say ask for help no matter what this means. Like it doesn't have to mean intensive mental health support. People picture mums crying down the phone to a support service and don't think this applies to them all of the time. But it's so important because the smallest things can make the biggest difference. Like help can be a cleaner or takeaway or swapping childcare, asking the in-laws for a sleepover or just some company. So that's really important. And last but not least, be kind to yourself. The most underrated piece of advice I could give and this can sometimes be a learned thing. We're so harsh on ourselves. We get so used to feeling guilty about things, putting ourselves last that it just becomes a whole culture within motherhood. So, yeah, looking after your body, watching those thoughts when they creep in and shifting them to be as kind as you can be is really important. I love that one. And I always smile when I listen to what guests say as their top three tips because most of the guests, or I think even every single person, one of their top tips has been about being kind to yourself and just taking time to step back for yourself and looking after yourself. So, but I feel like we all say it, we all probably need to listen to our own advice too and do it because we probably all, even though we know it's one of our top tips, like I know I put my hand up, I'm guilty for it. I often put that on the back burner, but it's just amazing to everyone I interview, one of their tips is always exactly that. And I think more people need to be screaming it from the rooftops um, about being kind to ourselves and actually taking time for ourselves and just being able to feel comfortable with that and not having the guilt when we do it. So yeah, I love, love, love that. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, chatting to you has just been amazing. And there is just a huge gap in the services on offer and what is really needed out there to help mums and help their own mental health. So I am so thankful that you are, you know, starting to fill that gap and make sure that this is getting out there. Um, it's so fabulous. So if listeners want to find out more about you, which I highly recommend they follow you and watch what just, even if they don't want to say anything or engage in courses or read the books, just even just following you on social media and reading what you post will also help them. So for people to find you, how are they going to find you on the internet and social media? I'm very easily located on Instagram to search the postnatal project. Um, my posts also go to Facebook if you prefer Facebook. But I also have a website where you can grab all of my um, ebooks and online programs, and that's www.thepostnatalproject.com. Love it. And again, I am um, going to highly recommend that listeners at least start to follow you because they will walk away with some education, some support, just, yeah, 
totally should definitely jump on guys get up here and do that so i'm gonna need to wrap up today's interview otherwise we will be here for hours and it will be the longest interview i've ever done because i've got so many things i want to talk to you about so i will have to get you back again thank you zalma it has been amazing Thank you everyone for listening and feel free to, you know, comment on my Instagram or Facebook or Zalma's Instagram or Facebook once you've listened in. And if you had any questions or any, you know, feedback and so forth, please leave a message. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Welcome to Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves. I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take-home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.